Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. I mean, stop singer. Toss on off the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Straight away, center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Scoreless innings. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right. Welcome back. Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. That was fun. Thanks for being here once again. And thank you. Let's start with uh, my request. In the podcast yesterday, you have come through with flying colors. Lots of great suggestions on the highlights I should put in for the new open. So you can keep them coming. The highlights from this year you want to hear in the new open. So you feel free to send them my way at Gary Hill Jr., GaryHillPXP at gmail.com. Also, a little housekeeping, there probably will not be a tomorrow. Game ends in Houston, fly to Tampa Bay. We'll scheduled to get in about 3 a.m. That's landing. So the hotel, I don't know, 4 a.m., something like that. So there probably won't be a podcast tomorrow given the circumstances we will be back the day after, though. So I'll recap the Houston last Houston game and then the first game of the Tampa series. So just a little forewarning. Maybe there'll be one. I don't know, but probably not. But last night was pretty awesome. Mariners taking on the Houston Astros and looking to keep the role going, and they certainly did. You could not have scripted a better first inning than what the Mariners put together against Dallas Keuchel. Ground out by Hanniger, scores the first run, and then Kyle Seeger comes up with a huge blast in the first, and that was a game changer. Here's the stretch. Now the pitch to Seeger. Swing and a fly ball deep to left field. Going back, Gonzalez looking up. Goodbye, baseball. Into the Crawford boxes down the left field line. Kyle Seeger with an opposite field. Three-run home run here in the top of the first inning. His 10th home run of the season. And just like that, the Mariners have jumped out to an early 4-0 lead here in the top of the first off of Dallas Keuchel. How about that? Great start to the ball game with the four spot in the first inning against Keuchel. And the Mariners played some add-on, a long ball, Mike Zanino, and this was a serious long ball. The pitch swung on, well-hit ball, deep to left field. Stay fair, this one is up by the windows, and it is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Holy smokes, over the railroad tracks, down the left field line, Mike Zanino with a long home run here at Minute Maid Park. Just fair down the line, his ninth home run of the season, and it's now the Mariners' six. And the Astros nothing, and already their second home run of the night off of Dallas Keuchel, and it's only the top of the second. I have no idea how there was not broken glass on that. That thing was crushed. So a two-run home run, a 6 nothing lead, one more home run coming from the Mariners. The 1-0 pitch. Gene with a swing and a drive deep to left field. Going and going. This one is gone over the railroad tracks in left field. Gene Segura with his fifth home run of the year. High above the Crawford boxes in left. It's now the Mariners seven, the Astros one. And for Gene Segura, his fifth home run of the year, Gene Gene, the hitting machine, has just hit one over the tracks in left field. How about that? 
Yeah, that was no joke. That was a smash as well. So the Mariners playing long ball, and then James Paxton on the other side of things was dealing. Here's the windup and the 3-2 to Marisic. Fastball swing and a miss for strike three. Got him. That is strikeout number six for Paxton tonight. A long battle with Jake Marisic. And he just foul tipped it into the glove of the catcher, Mike Zunino. One away for the Astros here in the bottom of the eighth. And James Paxton just continues to roll on and on and on and on and on. As we talked about after the game with Mike Blowers, Aaron Goldsmith, I mean, James Paxton did not have a great curveball. He did not have a great cutter. And he goes out in that ballpark against that team, goes seven and two-thirds, and gives up one run. One walk, six strikeouts. That was impressive. Paxton gets the win in this one. Mariners win 7-1. to one. They beat the Astros in game one of this brief two-game series. And for Paxton, he has been dominating. His last eight starts, he has a 1-7-5 ERA. He's fanned 67 and opponents are batting 177 against him. Absolutely dealing. I mean, that is ace stuff, especially a game like last night against the defending World Series champions without your best stuff, and you still hold them to one run pitching into the eighth. And then he looked visibly frustrated that he didn't finish off the eighth as well. I mean, that's the level that he is pitching at right now. Great win for the Mariners. He got some... Tremendous defense as well along the way. Some very timely double plays. But M's get the win 7-1. to Let's hear from James Paxton after the game. Take seven runs? Uh, yeah, I'll take that every time. That was great to kind of go out there and get four early. Um, just allowed me to attack the zone. You've had success against this team before, but Skipper said you had to change some things up. They had a plan for you today. Yeah, they uh, they were up there taking pitches, you know, trying to get uh, into hitters' counts. And early, actually, I didn't have very good location. I was falling behind a little bit, and they were able to uh, cheat to some fastballs uh, in hitters' counts. Uh, so I really had to force the issue of getting in the strike zone early and then uh, getting the curveball in the strike zone as well. So you went to the two-seamer a little bit, too, more than you have this year. Yeah, we went to that late. We used a lot of four-seamers early and then two-seamers late this time out. Um, kind of got them off that four-seamer because they're starting to take some swings uh, You know, later in the game, being more aggressive. Why is now a good time to start showing that two-seam? I mean, I've always used it. Um, we used it a bit more tonight just because they started to swing and it was it was working well. Um, you know, just one of those pitches where it's working, you stay with it, and they weren't taking good swings at it, so we used it more. Are you at the point in your career where you're comfortable to make adjustments on the fly? that quickly game and everything yeah i mean you do your best to make adjustments i feel like uh i've gotten better at making adjustments uh throughout the game and you know within the game uh from hitter to hitter and uh, figuring things out and kind of how to use my stuff that i have that day against a particular particular team what was the conversation that mel had with you in the second inning uh he was just telling me that they were up there um being very patient you know i needed to get in the strike zone early and get into uh you know, one, two, oh, two counts to, uh, you know, put them in the swing mode a little more. Take the three double plays and innings like that. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, love, love double plays. That was big tonight. Um, getting those ground balls, the boys making the plays behind me, 
uh, you know, it was huge. And Z did a great job calling the game back there, you know, mixing it up and making those adjustments with me and, uh, you know, really uh, getting them to put the ball in play at guys. What the defense has been all year, though. I mean, it's like it's they've been good all year. Those guys have been great. You know, D at second base um, is awesome. You know, he's been doing a great job over there. I know he hasn't had too many games over there yet. He made a couple of great plays tonight. Um, you know, and all those guys. Um, Heredia had a really nice catch in center. Um, they're playing great right now. How about if we not overlook your defensive plays? Those are not bad. Yeah, I knocked some down. <laughs> I, uh, you know, got the glove in front of my face a couple times, so that was good. Um, more of a uh, defensive reaction uh, more than anything, but, you know, got her done. I know it's early in the season, but how important is it to get wins over teams like the Astros to get where y'all want to be this season? It's big. You know, every uh, series uh, against, you know, in, uh, in division teams is big, but really every game is you know, really important. But especially these guys, you know, being at the top of the uh, division with them right now, I mean, every game puts us uh, ahead of them. So um, they're important to win. There it was, and he has really pitched well against Houston. I think the last two years now, six starts against the Astros and six earned runs allowed. He has been fantastic, I mean, overall, but especially against Houston, which is much easier said than done. So he helps pitch the Mariners to a win in the first game of the series, 7-1 the final score. Let's get the reaction from the skipper. Here's Scott Service. Anytime guys are established starters like Dallas is, you know, jump on them early and, and our guys are ready to go tonight. We're prepared and, you know, the off day uh, helped us a little bit uh, getting down here early and getting settled in. So uh, off to a good start uh, on this road trip. Uh, again, you know, name of the game's pitching for us lately and then Paxton was awesome tonight, which is great to see. Uh, you know, he got the secondary stuff. I think Houston had a game plan against him, but uh, now that Pax really executed. Uh, got his two-seamer going tonight. We hadn't seen that uh, in a while. It had been a lot of four-seam fastballs and riding the ball up, and they were staying off it. He went to the two-seamer and had a lot of success with it. Z said he might have been fighting for his mechanics a little bit in the second inning. How did you see him get back on track? Yeah, a, a little bit. He really didn't have a feel for a breaking ball early in the game, and you know, you can't just throw fastballs to a, a club like this. So uh, he made some adjustments, and he got through it, and then he got on a nice roll there in the middle innings and certainly had a little cushion to it helps anytime you got a couple runs to play with and you know you just kept attacking them and got really good results. Got double plays and three straight innings. How important was that? Double plays are pitcher's best friend. They say that for a reason. You know, it, uh, we played well defensively. Uh, we have for quite a stretch now, but keeping the pitch count in check allows them to get deeper in the game. Uh, they're huge. You know, they, they really are. When you got a pitch, you know, it's either the cutter down, uh, you got the two seamer away, so away from those right-handed hitters, and it really helped tonight. We know that Kyle's feeling better at the plate. He hits lefties well, but the opposite field home run. What does that say about his swing? Uh, he's, we're in Houston. <laughs> That's what it said about the swing. I mean, uh, uh, you know, it's, you know, ballpark. Obviously, it, it it's induced or it's conducive to you know the left-handed hitter hitting the, the, the ball the other way up in the air. And then Kyle, some of those balls don't go out for Kyle. It did tonight. Big hit in the game, no doubt. Anytime you can put a three-run homer up there in the first inning against these guys, it really helps. And you know, he was huge. Scott, the Crawford boxes have been pretty unfriendly to you. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice getting one working your fan. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they. You know, it's, it's a different you know ballpark here. You know, coming in here, uh, you never really feel comfortable in this park uh, because of the power they have. Uh, but when we can use it to our advantage once in a while, uh, it really does make you feel good because it, it hasn't been our friend in here recently. Mike didn't have a problem with the power on that. Well. No, no, he, he got all that one. But again, it was early in the ball game and. Uh, it was nice to jump on him before, you know, Keiko got in a, a nice little groove there himself. But, uh, you know, it's a nice way to start the road trip. Um, guys come out, make a statement tonight. We're 
swinging the bats good, and hopefully continues. Did you feel it's a little bit of a statement? I know you said it's not September yet, but to come in. No, just focused on the road trip. Want to have a good road trip. Um, you know, coming in here. You know, Pax is our guy. He's been really good all season long. So, you know, getting him deep in the ball game, you know, sets us up with our bullpen here going forward. When the offense is able to come out and execute that quickly like that, uh, what does that say to you? We're prepared. We're ready to play tonight, and that's a really good sign. This team is, uh, I think, people that have followed us here closely the last month, month and a half, it's a little bit different ball club than we've had in the past. Um, guys are really relaxed. They're excited. They're having fun. They can't wait to get to the field. They can't wait for the game to start, um, and it's a different guy all, all the time. You know, Seeks jumps in there tonight, but it's not just one or two guys driving the train. It's a collective group, and it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. This has been fun. You look at the stretch now. Mariners 16-5 and five in their last 21. They've won five in a row, ties for a season-high streak. They've won 14 of 17. Third-best record in the big leagues. I mean, that is fantastic. 18-10 and 10 on the road now. They've won 12 of their last 17 road games, which is good because the <laughs> 15 of the next 22 are on the road. So a lot of time on the road coming up. Just one more against Houston starting tonight. We'll talk about that in a second. First, let's hear from Mike Zanino. How nice was it to see the Crawford Bosques work in your favor one time instead of the number of balls that have kind of snuck out against you guys? I needed it, you know. Uh, it's good to see Siegs. Uh, I mean, not only the home run, but I thought he drove some, some balls to the left field, left center really well today. Um, you know, it's funny. You get to a different ballpark, and it changes your approach a little bit. But uh, I thought all around guys had good approaches, and, uh, you know, uh, as a collective group, that's what we can do. You guys come in here yeah, I mean, for us, it, the, the message was we need to continue to play our brand of baseball. And obviously, we know how good Houston is. We obviously know uh, what they marked out there. They're starting pitching and their lineup. And uh, we just want to go out there, catch the ball, pitch how we have been, and uh, put together good at bats. And uh, the more often we can do that, the better we'll be. When do you know when you have to start scrapping stuff from your original game plan with packs and starting to adjust to based on what they're doing? Um, today was fairly early. I mean, obviously the first was good. He came out, uh, scattered some balls early in the second, but I thought he did a good job of settling down and grinding through that and getting out of it. And then he was able to I mean, really bear down and, and find his groove later in the game. But it's funny, I was talking to him after, and he's like, man, I really felt like I was hitting my groove in, in that, that eighth inning right there. I was like, it's pretty impressive when a guy like that it, it gets 100 pitches and and he really settles in. Yeah, that's the case. And nearly finished the eight as well. Mariners will take seven and two-thirds, so that's for sure. So it sets up the ball game tonight. 5-10 first pitch. McCullers against LeBlanc. And LeBlanc has been one of the big stories for the Mariners here in the first half of the season. Since he joined the rotation, six starts a 172 ERA opponents batting 214 against him that's six earned runs in 31 and a third innings so LeBlanc on the mound really the only time he's been touched up this year was against the Astros that was just his third appearance in a Mariners uniform out of the bullpen he gave up four in two innings but he'll get the start obviously tonight and Lance McCullers will go for Houston he if not his best start, second best start against the Mariners last time out, went seven, allowed one hit. It was a home run to Cano. One walk, 11 strikeouts. 
That was at Safeco Field on the 17th. It's been kind of a roller coaster as of late. Last time out against the Red Sox, six innings, two earned runs. Time before that in Cleveland, gave up the second most runs he's allowed this year, seven and four and a third innings. So he's been, for the most part, though, he's been excellent this year. Just a part of this ridiculous Houston rotation. 389 ERA on the season, 72 strikeouts in 69 and a third innings. Again, the rotation coming into the game yesterday, a 269 ERA as a staff, a whip under one, batting average against under 200. Mariners went against that trend in the game last night. We'll see if they can do it again tonight. McCullers against LeBlanc. So there it is. So a couple things we have left in the podcast. One, the draft is going on, so we'll continue to have draft coverage coming up the next couple of days. This, a good piece Shannon put together on the Mariners' first draft pick. And after that, we'll have a Riz Remembers from a big day in the recent past. So that comes up. Thanks for being with us. And again, we'll talk to you, if not tomorrow, the day after, as it continues with Shannon. Day two of the draft is well underway, and while they're past the top picks, organization building is happening right now. Scott Service's focus may be on the game at hand tonight, but as a former farm director, you better believe he's been keeping track of what is happening in the draft room back in Seattle. It is absolutely the biggest day of the year um, in organizations. Um, the decisions you make and how you go about you know, reaching those decisions, and you know, it, it's, it really can change the course of your franchise going forward. I mean, you see the impact players. Uh, in the game today, and you know, everybody wants to look at the, the Mike Trout situation, and you know, 20-some teams passed on him, and you know, you look up, and he's the best player in the game. So, it's it's the hardest thing to do in all of baseball. You know, hardest job I've ever had is on the scouting thing and trying to determine what they're going to look like uh, a few years down the road. It's it's really tough. Last night, a year of hard work was paid off with the Mariners getting their guy. Director of Amateur Scouting Scott Hunter, minutes after making the Mariners' number one pick, made the announcement. We're very happy to have Logan Gilbert. This is a player we targeted from last summer. And quite honestly, coming out of uh, the Cape Cod League, we had him ranked either one or two on every one, every one of our scouts' prep list. So to get a talent like this at pick 14, we're very excited. Logan Gilbert, a six-foot-five, two hundred and twenty-five-pound right-hander out of Stetson, the same school that produced Corey Kluber and Jacob Degrom, is a junior who led all of Division One in strikeouts. Scott Hunter and staff have been following him for over a year. He gave the rundown on what made him the number one target. Cape Cod League, he was ninety-four, ninety-seven with an easy fastball, and then all of the analytics stuff kind of backed it up with all the different uh, TrackMan data. He's six foot five, almost six foot six, athletic, got a loose, easy arm, and uh, has four pitches and throws a ton of strikes. If you look at his stat line over the last three years, he misses bats. It's something that we value here. Um, you know, missing bats, doing damage as hitters, and this kid fit every checkpoint of a pitcher that we would want to select. And you know, we're kind of kind of pleasantly surprised that he was sitting there. Early projections had Gilbert going in the first 10, but a period of dead arm this year perhaps dropped him on some boards. After working with a private pitching coach, the stuff came back, and Hunter feels good about what they've seen since. And our guys did a great job. Rob Mumau, Jesse Capellish, the area scout down in Florida, and uh, our Southeast supervisor. This was a kid that we came out and were really excited about. He had about a month period of a dead arm period where people in the industry started getting off of him, even myself, to be quite honest. And those two guys rallied the troops and said, hey, you need to get back down here. And as of 
oh God, two weeks ago, I think the day before I left for Seattle, I went to go see him again, and his stuff was pretty much back to where it was um, in the summer. So we're catching a guy on the uptick. He's just turned 21, so he's a young college performer and college athlete. So we have a lot of time on our side, and uh, you know we got some upside in the college college pitcher. So what next for Logan Gilbert? His Stetson Hatters are still alive in the NCAA Super Regionals. When his college season is over, Gilbert has an agreement to sign with the Mariners, and then it's off to work. I think after monitoring his innings, he may go down to Arizona, see how he feels, how many innings. It's going to be about workload. I think he's pitched almost 100 innings already. I'd like to think, I mean, he's ready to go. I mean, talent-wise, going to Everett. He would jump in, and I, I wouldn't even doubt that he could handle a little higher level because of his fastball command. But I would expect Everett, but it's going to be up to Oscar and Andy McKay, depending on his, his innings. A 21-year-old junior with good experience behind him and polish has the opportunity to move quickly through the system. Absolutely. I, I think that, uh, you know, in our organization, when these guys are ready, they're ready to move them. I mean, our, a lot of our picks from last year with Evan White and, uh, you know, Wyatt Mills and Seth Elledge, who are really performing in Modesto right now, they are not afraid, our development people, to challenge players. Um, I would probably expect the same thing if all goes well with uh, Logan and, you know, he's off and running because the fastball commands there. It's just a matter of the consistency with his off-speed stuff. For the kid himself, he's ready for the challenge. Oh, this is awesome. This is everything I ever dreamed of. Uh, it's so nice to see, I mean, all the way since I started playing baseball, that this finally happened. And, you know, this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. I'm ready to get to work now. And it's time again for another edition of Riz Remembers. Let's go back just a couple of years ago. The date was June the 2nd of 2016. The Mariners had one of their largest comebacks in the history of the franchise. The Mariners were playing an interleague game down at Petco Park in San Diego. Not too many teams come back from a 10-run deficit, but that night the Mariners did. They were down 12-2 in the ballgame to the San Diego Padres. The 1-2 pitch and a swing and a miss by Ramirez. For strike three, and that will finally retire the side. But the Padres send 10, 11, 12, 13 men to the plate, and they bat around for seven runs. They came up with five runs in the top of the sixth inning, and the big hit in that inning was a uh, three-run home run by Deho Lee. The 2-2. Lobbered high to the video board in left field. This is up to the Western Metal Supply Building on the second deck. Deho Lee absolutely killed that pitch. Three-run home run from Deho Lee off the bench. And the Mariners are suddenly in this ballgame. It's 12-7 Padres. But they were still down in the ballgame to the Padres. And they came away with seven runs in the top half of the seventh inning. And it was amazing because the inning started off with the bases loaded and two outs in the inning. And who would have thought the Mariners would come up with seven runs at that point of the ballgame? The 1-1. Swing and a line drive. Right field. It's in there for a base hit. Pass Rosales. Aoki comes around to score. Here comes Gutierrez. He crosses home. First to third. Cano slides in. He's safe. Seeger has plated another two runs. The 3-2. Lee swings. Hits a slicer into right field for a base hit. Cano scores. Seeger into second base. He's held at third. Deho Lee has driven in his fourth run. Deho Lee is the tying run. He's at second. The pitch to Romero. Swing, line drive, slicing right center field. And a base hit. It's in front of Jay. Here comes Lee. Comes around. Lee rumbles across the plate. And this game is tied at 12. The 0-1. 
Swing, flare, center field, the Mariners lead! Sean O'Malley has made this a 13-12 game with two outs in the top of the seventh inning, and you can knock them all over with a feather. This is happening in San Diego. You know, I don't think I've ever been a part of anything like that. That was uh, that was incredible. The um, the fight was the fight was pretty special. The two-two Gutierrez swings hits a ground ball, chopping up the middle, and it just keeps on going. O'Malley scores. Aoki coming down the line, and Aoki has scored. This is unbelievable. It is 16 to 12. Mariners in the top of the seventh with two outs. The Mariners were down by 10. They come back and win the ball game by a score of 16 to 13. What a game.